Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the 12-6 podcast. It's your boy, Mario. After a week of vacation, obviously, we didn't have an episode last week. I am joined with my co-host, Mr. Ryan Pops. What is up, Ryan? What up, man? I got to say, after uh, after having the week off, I'm super excited to do it again. I got to say, last <laughs> last Sunday, dude, I was getting the uh, – I was kind of sad we didn't do an episode. So I'm super, super excited to be shooting this again. You know what, man? Just shooting the podcast, man. It's just something about it. It's just It's another piece of life for me. You know, this is, this is great. Uh, we're having a great time doing it, and hopefully for anybody listening out there, I mean, I, you're getting some knowledge on, on the game. So uh, with that, I mean, let's let's jump right into it, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We had a lot of stuff that, that was on our minds over the past few weeks and things that you were texting me about while I was on vacation and all that stuff. So let's jump right into the salary cap stuff. So what do you think about it? What is something that, you know, you read in an article or just heard in the, in the news? What is something that, that, like, caught your eye about it? Yeah, I think what you're alluding to is if uh, if the salary cap should be a thing in the MLB or not, right? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I obviously like I I understand why people think that there should be a, a salary cap or some type of threshold that teams can't go over. Um, for like main main reason, you got teams in the MLB that uh, like the A's and the, then the Rays that just don't bring in revenue like other teams can, right? Like the Yankees and Cubs. So it kind of it's a way of kind of leveling out the playing surface or the uh, the competitiveness side of it. But I also see people, the, the reason why people think that there shouldn't be. I am a firm believer that there should not be a salary cap in the MLB. Um, and the reason, they already have something, the luxury tax, right? They already have a mechanism in in the rules of baseball, right? Where if you go over, what is the, what is the number? Like 220 or something like that. It, so it's, it's, I believe right now it's like 205 or 210 or something. I believe it's 210. So $210 million. If you go over that, you got to pay, you know, a dollar or a penny for every single dollar penny you go over, you know? So if you pay, if you're over 1 million, you pay 2 million in, in, in like taxes or repercussions or whatever. And then if you go over a certain, a uh, certain point, you lose draft picks or, you know, you have other, you know, stipulations against you and things like that. So, right. So they already have that in place. And, and a lot of people say, well, teams go over it anyways. Team teams will spend and go over it anyways. Well, owners do not like going over that and it's not sustainable. Like a team will not go over that luxury tax threshold every single year. Like the Cubs, I think they went over it maybe once or twice, mm-hmm. but the Ricketts said, that's enough. We're not, we're not paying these taxes and the Dodgers, for example, they're, they're well over it. But that's not gonna that's not gonna be the case every single year, right? They're gonna no. want to get back below that. No, no way they they continue to. I mean, right now I think they're like close to three hundred million, which is absurd. But you know they're gonna face those repercussions. They're gonna you know face those taxes. Honestly, it could be worth it for them, right? I mean, they're they're, they're I, it's like like on the paper, right? Um, like teams on paper, Dodgers have the best overall roster. Like you can't nobody will argue that with anybody. You know, you could talk about the Yankees or the White Sox or whoever, whatever your whatever team you're a fan of. You're not better than the Dodgers, but it comes with that, you know, that that that, that like asterisk, right? Your team is way over uh, the threshold. So, what are you gonna do? What What are the repercussions? And obviously, they don't really care for for what it is right now. So, right? No, exactly. And you got as well. Teams can't compete with that. Teams can't just spend and compete and compete with like the Dodgers and Yankees. Well, right now you've got two. You got two teams in the A's and the Rays that have a a um, a uh, a team. What is it? A team salary that's one of the lowest in baseball, but they're the two of the best teams in all of baseball. 
so the whole the whole thing well we can't spend like yankees well it's like dude your front office has got to do a better job then right the a's mm-hmm. and the rays are doing it so so whole the whole money thing in baseball it goes i mean you don't you don't need to spend a lot of money to be competitive so i mean that's one argument i think for there shouldn't be a salary cap in baseball um and it's also awesome when you when you see these three hundred million dollar contracts and stuff like that. If you, if you put in a salary cap, that all that stuff's going to go away, and the players and the players union will never ever ever allow that to happen. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on it. What do you think? So, I I agree with you that there shouldn't. If you have a salary cap, I think that it's got to be at a certain point where it makes sense to have one, right? So if you have a two hundred five million dollar salary cap what difference is that going to make for the A's and the pirates, right? Who like never have, you know, payrolls over a certain point. And what difference is that going to make for like even the Cubs or, you know, the Los Angeles teams or whatever, right? They're always at the threshold. They're always near 200 and something, nine million. It's not gonna make a difference. So if you have it and you put it in, it's gotta be somewhere like, what would you say? Maybe 170, 180 million, right? Because that, that would be a point where it makes a difference. Okay. So, when you do that, you are going to affect teams like the Dodgers and you're going to affect teams like the Yankees. So they're going to have to go out there and be like, oh, crap, I got to go. I got to shed some payroll now because, you know, who God knows what the stipulations will be. I mean, they could they could go as far as saying, hey, you're going to lose, you know, your first your first pick in the draft, regardless of your position. And then, you know, going from there, you know, you're going to lose all your international signing, which like that's a big thing for teams. Right. Like international signings. That's that's where guys like Acuna Jr. and Mokata came from, you know, those you can really get some good players from obviously tattoos as well. So teams don't want to get hit with that stuff. So that would really, really put them in a bind like as to where they get rid of that money, who do they send it to with that though? You got to have a salary floor, right? I think that's the one solution that, that the owners and the, and the union can maybe come you know, to terms with. So you won't see Tampa Bay with a $50 million payroll, right? It's got to be, we're going to put the payrolls, uh, the, the top of the payroll, you can't go over 180. But you got to at least spend 120 or maybe like 115 or 110 at least, right? If you have a four there, I think that's where you start. That's where you start, like, you know, talking, talking terms there. I, I think that's the only way a salary cap will work is if you have a floor. Because you can't just say you have to spend this. You only can spend this much, but you can't, you can't like, have this, this much of, of leeway on the bottom there. So that's how you get people spending. And I think that's where it cancels each other out because – you got teams that aren't spending who will have to spend and you got teams that are spending too much that won't be able to spend as much. So then. All right. But I, what if you've got an organization like the Rays? They, they would say, screw you. We're, we're spending $50 million a year. And we're one of the best teams in all of baseball. That's where you go after a team like the Rays who rely on those international signings and, you know, certain other um, things like draft picks, right? The Dre, the, the Tampa Bay Rays are, and the Oakland athletics, they do it every year, almost every year, because they develop properly. They have great scouting departments. They're very analytically driven, and they go after guys who, like, have the tools, and they fix them up where they need to be fixed. That's what makes those organizations great. And the fact that they don't have to spend that much doing it is, is insane, but they also rely heavily on, those, on, the, on the drafting in the international markets. If MLB says, okay, we've come to terms and the owners have come to terms with the union on, you have to spend at least this much. And here are the stipulations. If you do not spend this much in your payroll for your, your, your yearly salary, 
You're not going to be able to sign anybody out of the international market. And maybe, who knows, you're not going to be able to make any trades in, uh, in, in through the trade market, right? That could be something that, I mean, that's pretty out there, but there's there's going to be some things that are put in place and, like, the fine print of the policies that they place to, to really make these teams get to that point. It's just it's just a matter of time before it happens. And I think if the MLB Players Association is, is going to come to terms with, like, a, a salary cap, because obviously that's going to lose some of the guys at the top of the market some money, they're going to have to come to terms with the, the the owners are going to have to come to terms with the salary floor. And that that's really going to come from, from the A's and the Rays and, and the pirates and teams like that who never spend. So that's my thoughts on it. I don't know if you have anything else to, to bounce off of that. I think a salary floor would probably be something to come uh, if there's going to be a salary cap. Yeah. I don't, the whole salary floor thing. I mean, I think that's where you lose me, especially if it's going to go up I mean, especially, I think you're just throwing out numbers, but one ten, I mean, I keep going back to the Rays and the A's like those are little like in the pirates. Those are organizations where dude, can they even spend $110 million? And will the, will the owners think that it's even worth owning a team probably at the profit margins? Like no way you're, you're right. They probably wouldn't be worth it. They, they get little attendance. They have, I mean, the fan bases in Tampa is, you know, if if you keep up with the sporting world, I mean the bucks and the, and the lightning they're they run the market down there. Nobody really cares for baseball as much, and the Tampa Bay Rays just went to the, the World Series for crying out loud, and they still they still struggle with attendance. You know, I mean, it's 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 rough, and I think that's where the issue is going to come in, and that's why they're talking about even moving the, the Rays out of Tampa because of, of the, the issues they're having there with all that stuff, and it's it's going to be, and I'm a little scared as a baseball fan because it's going to be a little rough. It's it, it there could be a lockout, you know, and the Sox are finally good, man. They're finally good with all these years. The rebuild all this crap and, and now we're gonna get thrown a, a, a damn lockout because you know some some people can't agree on some terms for you know a cap or a floor or whatever the case is right and, and the DH no DH I mean there's it's it's gonna be a mess we all know it we're all prepared for it I mean that's something to keep an eye on over the off season so anything else on the salary cap topic yeah I don't know I think that's that's the one thing that makes baseball kind of unique that there isn't a salary cap and I think that's what's kind of made it kind of great that you have these teams that can go out and spend but also you get those stories of the Rays and the A's that don't spend money and they're the best teams in baseball so I think that I don't know if they need to make the luxury tax fines greater so the teams like the Dodgers and Yankees Cubs whoever it may be don't want to go a cent over that that tax I think a salary cap I don't know I'm just not a big fan of it I I would say this like Honestly, I was just giving kind of like a solution to the salary cap thing. I don't want one either. Personally, I don't. I could care less. I think that teams like the A's and 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 Rays would be like, "Hey, I want a salary cap, but I don't want to I don't you know want to be forced to pay this much." I think that's where you kind of lose me, you know. If you want a salary cap, you got to have a minimum amount you can spend. And then, and there no there's no way the players association and the union is going to agree with only a cap and no floor. So it's like I said, it's going to get messy. We all know it. If you keep up with baseball and, and or even if you just like a, a good news story with legal stuff, I mean, that, that's going to be something that you're going to want to keep an eye on because it's going to get ugly, you know, both from both sides. It's going to get a little ugly. Um, and, you know, it could lead to a lockout for some point of the 2022 season. And, it, and that just really, really sucks. Um, so with that, let's just get into some more uh, less of the of the, you know, salary cap, you know, MLB is a whole conversation. Let's talk about 
what we witnessed this weekend, which I, I don't know what it was really. It was a Crosstown Classic, right? We had that going for us. I went to Friday night's game. That was the most ridiculous baseball game I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and then obviously Saturday, Sox got shut out. Alec Mills, man, hell of a job. I, I saw that entire game. He he went out there and he had a, it was a, it was a gutsy performance. And then today, the Sox did you know they're they're finished they they finished up the beatdown of the Cubs. So, Mister Ryan, I'm gonna let you talk about what what you saw this weekend and, and anything that you noticed or any uh, takeaways from it. Yeah, dude. Let me just say that Alec Mills, dude, he can do that. I mean, last year he threw that no hitter where he looked absolutely dominant, mm-hmm. and then he was through eight and a third innings of shutout ball. I mean, he can definitely do that. His stuff is, I mean, dude, when it's on, it's on. Like you see that slow curve and then um, he, runs, he runs up that 90 mile per hour sinker. I mean, dude, it keeps you on your toes. It's, it's nasty. I just, like I was texting you too. I, I don't think I've seen a less dominant eight inning shutout in my entire life. He was, I mean, not to, not to take anything away from what he did, but like when you think of an eight, uh, of an eight, any shutout right against the Chicago White Sox of all teams who are scoring runs left and right these days. What do you think of? You think of like 12, 12 strikeouts, no walks, maybe like two hits. This guy struck out, I believe, three guys, right? Was that what it was? It was three strikeouts. And and he was he was giving up hard contact with you know the, the Cubs were obviously feeling it any professional baseball team will, but man, Alec Mills, I feel like I feel I don't know how old he is. I don't know much about the guy. I know he's he's had some some spots. But man, he really showed me a lot. I think uh, that's that's a positive for Cubs fans, honestly. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's definitely not like 2020, 2021 new era baseball dominance. Like you said, like he's not rushing up 96 with a wipeout slider. He's not going to strike out like 10 plus dudes a game. But like I said, I mean, he's he has those filthy performances. It's kind of like old school baseball. He hits corners and he keeps guys off balance. And I think the way that you said it, like non or undominant, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not. It's not right at your face you know it's but it's sneaky good and i dude, that's like in the in the beginning of the season when they said that he wasn't going to be in the rotation i mean dude i was kind of pissed off like he's one of your young dudes yeah give him as many innings as you can like i mean i hate to say it, but arietta williams like they didn't need those innings like give it to your young dudes yeah uh, i was mills guys that are gonna be a part of the future so when when i heard that he was coming out of the pen at the beginning of the year i mean it kind of pissed me off yeah um, because you see what he can do. Like last year, he throw that no hitter. Nope. <laughs> uh, but then, I mean, he's got some starts where he gets where he gets banged up, and I mean that is what it is. But um, I but mean, that, back to the Cubs Sox. That Friday game was wild, man. And I kind of want to hear it from you, dude. Where are you? Where are you at with Kimbrel right now? All right, so we'll get to Kimbrel. Obviously, we're gonna get to him because honestly, I there's there's some up and downs with the guy right now. For obviously, any fan watching the game will know. But just being, I was right. I sat right behind third base. Um. I want to talk about one guy first before I talk about Kimbrough because I think this is a little more concerning and not as important, I feel like. Let's talk about Dallas Keiko really quick. So, I went with my girlfriend. I was telling Dude, her, you can't be very concerned about Dallas Keiko. I'm not I'm not concerned about it, but I, I went to the game, right? I went to the game. I sat around behind third base, and, and let me tell you this, man. Cuff fans, they were out there, man. They were there. They weren't hiding. They were cocky. They were arrogant for whatever reason. I couldn't tell you. That's because we went up six nothing in the first inning. But that's the thing, though. They were cocky before it, man. They were, like, you know, like, you know, we we know a guy or two who who goes out there and gets drunk and says, "Let's go Cubbies" for you know two straight damn hours, right? So Dallas Keuchel is is, I I told I told my girl she was sitting next to me. I was like, 
This guy throws very slow. You can see the ball out of his hand, and you can tell in the first inning in any of his starts if he's going to be good or bad because the ball moves or it doesn't. It's basically a batting practice fastball, right? It's 86, and it's flat. And I think Patrick Wisdom hit the furthest ball I've ever seen hit in my entire life. He hit it onto the concourse in left field. I don't think – I mean, it was like a, a damn cannon shot, man. The thing that flew. still going, baby. Dude, I, I couldn't – I – I was I just sat there. I couldn't say anything. There were the cuff fans around me. You know, there some dude was up, you know, a few rows and he was he was turning around like all the Sox fans. He was like kind of got his fingers, like three runs, you know. I was like, like, oh my like they were they were talking smack, man. They were they were really happy, you know, they were they were annoying as hell. And then I was I just could I just I was like, there's no way six runs is gonna get it done tonight. I knew it. I, I you we we all knew it. Um and then I believe it was Zach Thompson, right? That's that's who they were throwing some Thompson guy or Keegan Thompson or something like that. Yeah, Keegan Thompson. They were throwing him. You know, he he didn't look good either. So, uh, Grandal came back, man. He two bombs. He hit the game tying three run shot. You know, third inning, eight run third, and then it just went downhill from there for the Cubs and all their fans. And next thing you know, you got Cubs fans getting kicked out left and right. <laughs> I don't think I will go back to another Cub Sox game at least until the Cubs are good and the Sox are good at the same time. I think that make it a little better, but for the price admission and just for you know being around you know a bunch of idiotic people, both from both from both you know fans um, from both sides, right? They were everybody was obnoxious and arrogant. I, I said a few things myself, and there was fights and stuff. It's just it's just not worth it at that point. Uh, it was a good experience though, um, but uh, really again, really quick, I would not see the he's the fifth starter. And even so, I don't think he should be the fifth starter anymore. I think Ronaldo Lopez should. He came in, he threw five perfect innings, man. Like, that's exactly what he's been giving us. He's been giving us some gutsy performances. He's been going out there. He's been shutting the other teams down. He needs to be in this rotation. I think he should be in the rotation next year even. I think that Keiko, he he's probably – his days in Chicago are, are coming to an end, I believe, by the end of the year. That might be a hot take because he's making $20 million a year. But – if Dallas Keuchel is on the 2022 Chicago White Sox, I will be pretty pissed. He's not meant for a team that is meant to compete, at least in this point of his career. He had a great career. It's Ronaldo Lopez's is spot. We all know it. We were all pissed after that first inning because, you know, Tony gave him a chance. You know, props to Tony for sticking to his guy. But, man, you got to take him out. You got to give your team a chance. Keuchel just wasn't doing it. And Lopez did. And that's that's just the name of the game in pro ball. Yeah, dude, that's what I was saying. You can't be concerned about Dallas Keuchel because going forward, he's he's a non-factor for your team. I don't like, think, he... dude, he won't sniff an inning in the po- in any in any competitive postseason game. He won't sniff the field. I'll even go a step further. I don't think he makes. I don't think he makes the roster, dude. The he probably won't. I I mean, think about it, right? I, at that point, you get twenty six guys. You get your twenty six. You know, so who who are you bringing in? Who are you leaving out? I think you have Sebi Zavala and 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 Yasmani catching, but Adam Angle and Billy Hamilton are going to be back too. You're not going to drop Raylo the way he's been throwing. Ronaldo Lopez, he's been lights out. So it it really is. It looks like it's going to be Dallas Keuchel. So I I mean it's going to be like for a guy who like let's just throw it on the table here. I mean he's some of his you know, interviews, man, they're pretty rough, man. He sounds like a pretty arrogant dude. He blames other people when he, when he, you know, screws up and it's not a good game. Like, like take credit, man. You were so young in 2015. You're, it's not your time anymore. 
It's just not. You're not good anymore. I'm sorry, man. I mean, I have the stats right here in his last seven. He's one and four. He's got a 7.34 ERA and 34 and a third. He's only struck out 19 batters and has a whip of 1.54. So he's letting, on average, a, a runner and a half per inning. I mean, it's just it, – Yeah, it's, I mean, especially in a team that's, like, that's doing so well, like the Sox. And, I, I mean, I don't listen to his post-game interviews or anything. But you're saying, like, if he's being all cocky and calling out other guys and stuff, like, dude, if you want to, if you want to keep like a cohesive locker room for a competitive team, like you can't have that. Like, I think back to the Cubs um, with Miguel Montero. Oh, yeah. Montero when they when they when they were winning, and, and Montero came out after a game that Jake Arrieta pitched, and he gave up like five stolen bases, and he uh, he started like throwing Arrieta under the bus, and the Cubs DFA'd him the next day. Next day, he's like, dude, we can't have this. We can't have this on a competitive team. I, I wouldn't say it's more of like, oh, it's it's Tim Anderson's fault for not feeling that ground ball. It's not like that kind of like blaming. It's more of like uh, he's not putting the blame upon himself, really, right? He's finding excuses for why he's doing bad. And it's just got to be, listen, I'm not that good right now. It's not my best season. Like, you know, I'm trying my best and, you know, we're going from there. Don't, don't make excuses. We know what's up, man. We all can see it. Other teams can see it. You know, you're not fooling anybody, man. Like I, and that's just, that's just, I mean, I'm just honestly tired of talking about Keiko with people, man. I just, (laughs) it is what it is. Uh, He's not going to sniff an inning in the postseason. You're 100% correct. He probably won't even be a part of the roster at this point. I mean, dude looks like a good dude. It's just not, it's just not cutting out, man. Um, And then Kimbrell, right? I didn't put down his stats. I wanted to talk about the, the starters this week. I didn't look into his stats, but man, he has got he's got to figure it out. Uh Hendricks, he's had some hiccups too. Kimbrell, I mean, I hear about this ninth inning stuff, right? He's obviously a not safe situation, but come on, man. You can't can't be giving up bombs in ninth inning like that at any at any point of the game. Um, I'm not gonna make the biggest deal about that specific outing, but I mean it was like, oh, he needs to pitch the ninth. Oh, he needs to pitch the eighth. He was in the ninth and he gave up four runs. So so what's what is it? You know, what, dude. Honestly, somebody that's watched him a lot when he was with the Cubs, and dude, I honestly, if I was a Sox fan, I'd be a little worried because I think back to the first year and a half that we had him, dude. I'm seeing the same exact things. Like his fastball is so flat right now. It is is it is so flat, and it's about 96 miles per hour. And yeah. It's getting hit out of the yard, dude. And that's exactly what was happening when he first came to the Cubs. His fastball was flat as hell, and players were sitting fastball and they're hitting it 500 feet. And I don't know, apparently the Cubs in the offseason, they, they worked them as mechanics, and his mechanics got right, and his fastball was moving again. It was rising like six inches, and players were swinging over the top of it. Mm. And I, that's just not the case right now. So whatever it is, if I was a Sox fan, I would be a little nervous about it. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go as if, – if you come back to me and talk to me in a month, right? Like, if, if Craig Kimbrell has, is, is doing what he's doing now in about a month, I, I mean, maybe maybe it's – Let's, he had the save. He had a safe situation, right, in Toronto. He did well. He got the save, struck out a couple guys. He walked off the field, you know, nobody's business. He did good. And we'll talk about that stretch in a second. But, you know, maybe it is the ninth anything for him. Maybe it's like, oh, he needs to be in that ninth inning in that situation to get the job done. I mean, if it is, I, that's it's pretty ridiculous to me because he's a professional athlete and he needs to do what he has to do in his position. But at the end of the day, if that's what he needs to do, I mean, then then put him in there in the ninth inning, and the ninth inning only when there's a safe situation and it's high stress because it's not getting done in the eighth form, and it's certainly not getting done, you know, in non-safe situations for him. But 
um, yeah, like I said, well, that's something we can revisit uh, at the end at, at, in a podcast, you know, a few weeks away because I, I'm not as concerned for for those two guys right now as I was a few weeks ago. I think I've seen some some bright spots for them. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if, if it continues, you're right. In a couple weeks, we'll we'll come back to it. And I think we definitely should because that's it's something that's big because you need a good bullpen to to be good in the playoffs. Um, and then just to come off, I want to talk about the. I got two more things I want to talk about. I want to talk about some things that I noticed on Twitter while I was on vacation. I saw some things about Ayala Moncada and like, oh, is he good? Is he bad? People defending him, people not defending him. Uh, and obviously, he's put he's put a little bit of that to rest with his current hit streak about fourteen games, I believe, or thirteen games, whatever it is. He's put a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of that to rest. But I want to talk about it a little bit because there are some things that he can improve on, and we're not just going to be apologetics for him either. Uh, so in the last in the fourteen game run against five hundred teams. Uh, the White Sox went. What do you think they went, Mister Ryan? They went five hundred. They went five hundred, man. They went seven and seven. They took three from Oakland out of four. They probably sh- they could have taken two of three from from Tampa. They honestly could have got swept by Tampa if if you know with the with the whole meltdown of Kimbrel in that and that uh, eighth inning there, and Bummer as well. You know, TA came in hit a you know game tying solo shot and they ended up winning. Uh, so that. That was, you know, a complete dud. Uh, and then Toronto, you know, and, and and they split with Toronto in Toronto, which if you've been keeping up with the Blue Jays, even in the past few years or even when they've ever fielded a great team, winning a game in Toronto is not easy. You go up to Toronto and you're playing against, you know, that that fan base and, and those teams they put on when they're competitive, you're going to be in for a, a, a long series. And they, they took two of two in a four game. They could have easily taken three or four if the offense would have woke up a few of those games. Um, hey, does Toronto have a uh, capacity limit right now? Uh, they might. They did look a little. They did look. They, a do. little, they looked a little. Uh, I mean, it was during the week, but they looked a little empty, I guess, in some spots. I think Toronto. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're known for filling that stadium up when they're good. You know, so uh, even with the capacity limit, man, it's still tough to go in there and beat a team like that in their own area. They got such a big fan base. I mean, basically all of Canada at this point, right? Because they only have one team. Um, but uh, nevertheless, going 500 on that stretch was huge. It put a lot of encouragement into Sox fans, I think. Um, and then guys like, you know, T.A. stepped up. Guys like, you know, um, Moncada, obviously, he had a few good games. Abreu's had a great month of August. And then Luis Robert, man. Like, where the hell did this guy come from? He, over the last 15 games, he's hitting 381 with a 426 OBP and a 683 slugging. He's got five homers and 12 RBIs. This guy has just revamped a lot of things in his game. He had a really bad stretch at the end of 2020, and this year, man, he's he's been my guy, man. He's been uh, he's he's been he's he's been stepping it up in the, in, since he's come back. I mean, God, we really missed out as Sox fans and, and baseball fans in general. Uh, but since he's played on the team in the parts of the seasons he has been playing, he's been absolutely unbelievable. We're lucky to have him as a fan base. Um, I don't know if you've got to see any of him, Ryan, but he looks like a revamped player, man. I mean, he's a, he's a Cuban Mike Trout. You know, it is what it is with him. He's he's giving you every part of the game. He's giving you good D. He's giving you stolen bags, home runs, hits, walks. I mean, the dude, the dude's the total pa- the total package, man. I mean, yeah. Where, ever where, since he came back from his injury, all he needed was that bass under his belt, and he's fine. Yeah, man, I, I think we're I, – I mean, he's he might be the best player when this rebuild is over. 
he might be the best player. I mean, uh, the Sox have. I and then there's there's just no other way of putting it. Uh, Abreu obviously having a good month. I think we I touched on that. Eloy, you know, hit one out today. Uh, he's he's been scuffling a little bit with with uh, you know with the slugging, the OBP, and the average over the past few weeks. But I'm not worried about him one bit. Um, he was, I believe, he was your your fantasy lock of the week a few weeks ago. Yeah, right? he was. So I mean that obviously you're Don Alvarez. He didn't have the best week either, but I think we could just we can just flush that one. I know uh, Ben had Joey Votto, so he he gets that. So we'll give Ben the point for that actually. So um, not too sure if he if he sent in his pick this week, but we can give ours. Um, so something I wanted to touch on, and then we can you know jump into our beefs, um, and then our lock of the week. Uh, does Joel kind of suck? So. This is something that I noticed, or is he is is he mediocre or is he overrated, right? So this year, Moncada's hitting 264. He's got 11 home runs, 54 RBIs, 376 OBP, and a 399 slugging. So to me, an elite hitter in the game of baseball, it's about your slugging OBP. Average is a good stat to look at in terms of like, oh, is he getting hits right as well? I'm not saying that I'm not – I'm. Like, you know, averages is kind of one of those forgotten stats these days for, for analytical people and stuff like that. Uh, so a 370 to me is pretty elite stuff. I mean, that's that's going to put – it's going to put you in every any given year in the top 15. Uh, the slugging, though, that's a little low. And I think Moncada is a great player. If you look at War, he's a top five third baseman in baseball. Um, I think the slugging can improve a little bit. I think sometimes he'd be a bit passive at the plate. Um, recently, though, he's been attacking on, on you know, in, uh, quickly in counts. He's not getting behind as much, and he's being really aggressive. So, I mean, he maybe he's looking at these tweets. Who knows? Maybe he's, he's got somebody in here saying, hey, man, you know, you got to be a little better. Uh, you got to be a little more aggressive. Tony's in his ear. Uh, I mean, something's changed in the past few weeks for him. I, I'm not, not going to sit here and say he's, he's a terrible or overrated because I don't think he is. I think he's really good. He gets on base a lot for the team. Um, but, yeah, I think I, I think there's legitimate – there's – for people who say, oh, I don't think the slug is high enough and the home runs are very low, they, they do got a point. You want to see those get up, especially for position at third base. But I do think he is a very valuable piece of the team. I think he's one of the best – uh, overall hitters on the team, considering he's base a lot and his defense, you know, it could it could use a little work uh, still, but he still made some great plays and he's really found his way uh, over there at the hot corner. So I don't know if that's a, uh, sounds like a good player to you, Ryan. I don't know what your thoughts are. I mean, you're kind of like you know going in blind because you don't see him as much. You're only looking at the stats, but I mean, what do you think uh, overall? Do you think he's good, mediocre, or just bad? the the argument is if Yohan Mankata sucks or not. That is literally an argument. No, he doesn't suck. <laughs> Dude, he doesn't suck. And whoever says he sucks, what are you what are you talking about? I think exactly. 30 teams out of 30 teams would take Yohan Mankata every single day of the week and plug him in at third base or wherever it is. And that's the thing, man. I think I that the thing is like no player in baseball is going to be perfect. No player in baseball is going to have a, a great year every year. I mean, unless you're one of the greats, right? Like Mike Trout's a great. He does it every year. The one thing, and I think Moncada's great, just to say it again because I don't want to get attacked by him, but 
I would have him as my third baseman in my team. I love it. It's great. He's our third baseman, man. He's our guy. I have his jersey for crying out loud. I wear it to every game I go. Uh, the one thing that I, I wanted him to do, the one thing I criticized him as well as I criticized every player on the team, as you know, Ryan, I really wanted him to, to get aggressive early in the counts, and he did. And, you know, with that, the power is coming up a little bit. Um, he's had a he's on the hitting streak right now. He's, he's been doing great. He's taking walks still. And I think to say he sucks is, is a bit of a stretch. I think it's more of a bit of a stretch, but um, he's, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely, you know, turning it around more so for those guys who go, oh, he doesn't you know, get hits or this and that and the other, cause he's doing it now. So uh, yeah, I mean, there you go. We got a cuff fan saying that, you know, we're re- being ridiculous. Kind of reminds me of like the KB stuff. You remember all that stuff, man, with all yeah, the people said KB suck too. I think, I think when you're on a winning, <laughs> I think when you're on a winning team, fans just find things to bitch about. Yeah. And I guess you Moncada's that target right now. Yeah. I mean, he does strike out like a decent amount. He strikes out 26% of the time, which is, I mean, it's kind of a lot, but dude, that's like right on par with the rest of the league. The whole league's striking out a lot right now. Well, that's the thing, man. He gets on base a crap ton too. I mean, he gets on base more than TA by 50 points, you know? So uh, is TA a bad player? He doesn't get on base that much. I think that's where people get lost in it, you know? And like, yeah, I get it. I want him to hit 20. I want him to have a, the 2019 season he had, man. It was unreal. Like, I want him to have a season like that every single year. If he had a season like that this year, he'd be getting, you know, he'd be getting some MVP votes because, you know, the offense has been a bit down and, and like, overall consistent, consistency in all the categories, right? You have a few guys who have, like, over an OPS over 900, you know, walks, home runs, all that jazz, right? I mean, it's either, you know, home runs or it's average or it's OBP or whatever, right? Uh he can be a consistently good player overall across the board. It's obviously not happening for him this year. He's not hitting as many home runs or doubles or triples even, but he's getting on base. He's and he's recently, he's been more aggressive at the plate. And if he's finding his stroke now, the way he did in 2019, we're going to have a, I mean, that, that is just going to make the offense, you know, insanely, insanely tougher to pitch to. And not saying that it isn't already with the way he's playing. Cause it's, it's, Still insanely tough to pitch to a guy who's going to be patient and and he's going to make you pitch to him in the zone. So, for anybody out there who says Joe Moncada sucks, I would you know advise you to take a deeper look at the stats. You know, know what know what a good player is in baseball today, and and in general, what a good baseball player is or ever has been. Right? I mean, he's just a great player right now, and and he's going to continue to be that way. Yeah, uh, dude. Like I remember when. I mean, I don't remember this, but I heard it. So when Theo Epstein was with the Red Sox, somebody asked him, like, what does it take to win a World Series? And he said, at every position, you need a guy that hits over 250. He said, you need an average player. And he defined an average player by somebody that hits over 250. Mm-hmm. And this and, and this is when averages were higher than they are now. And Mancata's hitting 264 right now. So if you account for today's stats, he's well over average, right? So, I mean, anybody that says that he sucks – and dude, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I mean, that was really one of the things that was being talked about this week, man. I mean, I you're right. Maybe it's just the fact that we have nothing else to bitch about because our team is 20 games over, and you know we just had the toughest stretch we'll have for the rest of the season. Um, and it, and it's gotta it's it's gonna be tough to stay, you know, for the team. I'm a little. The only thing I'm concerned about the team actually, I just send the socks talk, and we'll get into the fantasy picks of the week and the and the beefs um it's uh it's gotta re- remain like hey we're in playoff mode we know we're gonna make it there you know the indians are 10 back we have to play these games like we need a spot in the playoffs we need to solidify ourselves uh 
I mean, they should be fighting for at least second in, in overall uh, seeding to, to get that home field advantage over the Astros because it looks like they're going to play the Houston Astros. And if you're going to you know play three against Houston on the road, if, if you go to five games, I mean, that's going to be tough, man. You don't want that game five in Houston if you're going five. You just don't because that's not going to be a good situation. So um, getting that, that second seed, I believe, is, is important, and I think that's the way they should be looking at it going forward. Yeah, uh, dude, and we were talking about the stretch of games that the Sox run. I mean, dude, they played they played two out of those three series on the road, and they they were traveling from Tampa all the way to Toronto. So it was it was a grueling schedule too, just the flight wise and travel wise, and they did good. Yeah, I mean that was that really encouraged me, man, and I think it should encourage a lot of Sox fans. That was a great, that was it was it was some great ball played there. Um, there was some good offensive breakouts, and we were shut out a few games. You can tell that some guys were a little tired, but uh, nevertheless. I'm not worried about this team. I think we can handle Houston, especially if we got the the second seed over them. Uh, I think you know New York and, and Tampa. Obviously, they're they're going to be a diff- that's a different animal. And even Boston, if Boston sneaks through, that's a different animal too because they have good offenses and good starting. I mean, Boston not as much, um, but uh, they all have good offenses, man. So it's going to be a it's gonna be a fun ride. The American League is 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 tough all around, and then the National League has like you know. You know, four really good teams at the top. So, uh, with that, I know it's uh, we'll give the we'll give the we'll give Ben the the over the last few weeks because Joey Votto had better uh better weeks than Jordan and Eloy as you picked. So, who is your lock of the week, Mister Ryan? Um, I honestly completely forgot about this, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I just text Ben, "Who's your lock of the week?" So we'll we'll see if he responds in the next I don't know minute to minute and a half. Okay. Um, um, but I just did a really quick, just kind of looking up. I'm going to go with uh, Jose Ramirez for my lock of the week. Okay. Um, tomorrow they start off with the Royals, and the Royals have a god-awful pitching staff. And, dude, Jose Ramirez has been an absolute beast lately. So, without doing any research and honestly completely forgetting about this, I'm going to go with Jose Ramirez. All right. There you go. We got that going for us. Okay, so you're going with Jose. I'm going to go – with Luis Robert because the Sox are going to play Pittsburgh for two. He's red hot. And then they're going to go play Kansas city for three. So that's only five games. I know, but uh, I, I think it, it's going to be Padger stats week. Let's go out there. Let's, you know, let's, let's put our best guys, you know, in certain lineups and let's just roll over these teams. And Luis Robert's going to be at the forefront, man. He's, he's looking like an absolute demon right now. That's my pick of the week. That's my lock of the week. Um, I mean, I, I can tell you right now, I have no – I don't have more confidence in anybody else right now on this team than Luis Robert just after seeing him today and, and the past few days. Uh, so, going into that, it looks like we'll, we'll get Ben's lock in. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll tweet it out or something. You know, you know what, dude? If you were if you're going hometown, I would have went with Frank Schwindel, dude. You know what, dude? He's – him and wisdom, man. Jeez. Like, dude, they've what? been stroking it. I'm surprised you didn't say nothing about Patrick Wisdom, man. That guy was in my nightmares last night. For good God, he's—I don't know what it was. I don't know if Lynn was tipping. Obviously, Kaiko has just been absolute crap, but I don't know if Lynn was tipping or something. But he hit two home runs off of Lance Lynn, man. That's a scion candidate right there. So that's—that's that's no joke, man. So yeah, dude, it seemed like his velo was down. Who for Lynn? Yeah, was it or was that just Lynn? Lynn is is ninety three to ninety five with ninety six over here and there. Lynn is not like a hundred mile per hour guy. He's a big guy, but he's not like a hundred. Yeah, I know. I know. He's like he's usually. 
I, I mean, I thought he's usually mid nineties, but I saw like a lot of 91, 92. Yeah. His cutter and his sinker were a little slow. His, his forcing got up to like 95, 96. I mean, it could have been like a dead arm issue. Um, if, if it really is, they, they should put him on the fantasy aisle, as we like to say, and give him a couple starts off. It wouldn't hurt, especially with the way Raylo's pitching. And if you have to put Keiko out there to, to suck ass for you know, two starts, so be it. But, um, yeah, man, he, he just didn't look the best. Um, but I'm not, you know, all that worried about Mr. Lancelin. Um, so going away from that, let's us jump into our final segment of the show, our beefs of the week. Uh, Ryan, I'll let you take it first. Uh, dude, my beef of the week is with the, uh, the amount of sportsmanship in the Little League World Series. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that they're 12 years old and that's fine. But, dude, when you give up a 250-foot home run, can you please not run over to third base and give the guy a high five? <laughs> like, dude, have a little bit of competitive bone in your body. And, 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 like, Mario, when you give up a home run, would you ever go and run and give that dude a high five? Not a chance at all. Even when you were 12 years old, would you do No, that? no way. No. No. It, dude, it's like – no, that's like in football. When somebody lays you out, what are you going to do? Give up, get up and pat him on the helmet? <laughs> No, no, man, that honestly, I, I know what clip you're talking about. I saw it on Twitter. I think it was, wasn't it not from a few years? It might've been, but even if it wasn't, man, like, like it's, there's still a lot of like this, Oh, like I'm running third base after a home run. Oh, good job, dude. You hit a home run on my team. Like, like get the hell out of here with that, man. You just, I'm pissed off. You, you're hitting, you're hitting home run off my team. That's my pitcher. You just hit a home run off of him. Like my team is probably losing or whatever the case is like, like enough of it, man, enough of it. Yeah, and I understand sportsmanship is great, right? Like you want you want to see sportsmanship, but not giving high fives when you give up home runs on like the biggest Little League World stage in the world. Like no. And then they, you get like Sports Center that like that promotes it. It's like can we not? Yeah, man. I it it, it did get to me a little bit. I like honestly, if I did that, my dad would be beating the crap out of me in the car, man. Like <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like like what what are you doing man like what 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 like what? it it's it it gets me man it does get to me i know they're kids but i will not teach my future kid to go and shake hands with somebody or you know high five somebody that just hit home run off you it's just not going to happen i completely agree hey and before you get into your beef ben just responded back so thanks to ben for uh, a quick response he's going with Bryce Harper oh man he's going with the eight, the the mainstream guy huh so yeah, Ben, Ben, good job, man. You're one on the you're you're one for one. Me and Ryan are oh for one. So we got a few weeks to catch up to you, man. So so Ben's going on with Bryce Harper. Uh, so my beef of the week, uh, you can call it whatever you want to cop out or whatever. Uh, it is it's going to be the atmosphere at the Cub Sox games over the weekend. So I was there Friday, uh, well three or four fights be it throughout the season today there was a horrific one in left field i mean i'm not gonna use by it i totally watched the videos you know i i I had a you know a good time watching them but it's like come on guys come on it's not worth fighting over i get it you know there's some annoying ass people out there people are drunk you just gotta let it go man you just gotta let it go it's it's just a game it's not life or death is it worth spending a night in you know cook county jail is it probably not you know, it's just not worth it, man. And I don't think I've ever been to a game where I wanted to, like, actively fight somebody over something. Yeah, I mean, that's a great beef. And, I, dude, it's like, seriously, like, 
do you really want to wake up in the morning, like you said, in a Cook County jail over over a Cubs Sox game? Like really? Not a chance, man. No way. It is not worth it. Um, it's just like I get it, man. I was there. I get it. Cuff fans were in my ear, man. They were like, "Oh, is that six zero, man? I can, I, do I have enough fingers to count?" Blah blah. Oh, this and like it's annoying as hell because you, you know, the Sox are finally good, and like we want to beat the crap out of the Cubs and this and that and the other. I get it, but man, it is not worth fighting about. It really is not. You don't want to go to jail over it. You don't want to get banned from the stadium over it either. You, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's my beef. It, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous, man. You're, we're grown ups here. You know, there are kids there, you know, could hurt somebody. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just plain ridiculousness, man. And it's, it's, I hope it will never stop, but if it happens, I'm going the other way, man. That's all I got to say. Hey, to be fair, I think every Sox game I've ever went to, I've seen a fight. <laughs> Dude, we, we went to that game earlier in the year and I, I don't even remember who they were playing, but you remember that fight out in left field? Was there a fight? I mean, we went to, we went to Cleveland. I remember we, we saw them play Cleveland really early. Um, yeah, there's a oh, huge fight out left field. when they played the Cardinals. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, that fight was huge. That was a huge fight. That was all over Twitter for like a whole week. Yeah. So yeah, we have seen we have seen a fight that was other than Cub Sox, but even so, let's just in in the general scheme of things, fights in general, very amusing. But let's stop them, right? I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing them. It won't happen. But I'm advocating to stop the fight. You know, so. Uh, that that's all, that's my beef for the week. So, with that, you got anything to close out the show with, Mr. Ryan? We're at forty-five and a half minutes. So, you got anything to say uh, to close out with your anything at all on your mind? Uh, no, dude. I think that's it. This is good after taking a week off. But I do want to ask you, Mario, what would it take for you to get in a fight at a game? What do you th- What do you think would push you over the edge? Um, I would think for me, like. So say like you were with like, and, and I think you would, this would probably push you over the edge too, man. Like knowing a guy like you, uh, I'd say like, you know, you're with your girl and somebody like did something to her, right? Like that would, that probably would push me over the edge for me personally. I, I, I would hope that a lot of people would, a lot of guys or, you know, the other way around would say the same, right? Vice versa. Like if, if, if my girl was with me and she saw somebody uh, like a female hit me or something, or, you know, anybody in general with me, like I would, that would probably prompt them to do something, right, to react to that. That's probably what it would take for me. It wouldn't take, like, a walk-off home run, you know, from a cup player or some, something like like that, you know. It would take, some, like, an active – somebody actively coming at me for me to retaliate. That's fair. That's fair. I, I was just curious because I – yeah. yeah. I can't picture you really getting – A little crazy. Fight, so I just wanted to see. I can get a little crazy. You know me, man. I, I get a little rowdy, but – I don't think I'll ever, you know, actively start something with somebody. Somebody would have to start something with me. So I think, and I think that's like literally should be, you know, the thing for anybody out there, defend yourself, but uh, don't start something because that's just, you should, you just never should, you know, if somebody's coming at you, then you fight back. That's, that's just the way it should be for me, man. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you got anything else to say? <laughs> nah, dude, I think I'm good. All right, man. Uh, it's a good episode. Obviously, a week off, and then I apologize after the fact. We're watching the, you know, the pay per view fights and all that stuff. So, got some people in the room next door. So, if you heard any background noise, that's what it was. Um, with that, we will. We're trying to get a Met fan on actually throughout the week here. Um, hopefully, we can get that in. We want to discuss some of the things that happened out in New York. You know, with the whole Javi Baez booing the fans thing, I and mean, that's 
that's such a great <laughs> that's just something I want to talk about. I want to get a, like a perspective from a Met fan. I want to see I want to see what they have to say. I want to you know understand their feelings and towards their their players right now. Obviously they're going they're on a downward spiral. So uh, that's something I'm, we're going to try and, and get somebody on throughout the week here, like a little special, you know, emergency episode on that. Um, so with that, if Ryan's got nothing else to say, I don't as well. Uh, thank you all for listening. We will see you again next week or hopefully throughout the week here on the next 12-6 podcast. All right. Have a good one. All right. Peace out.